success in the soul. Last week, if you were here, was that an awesome message or what? It had to be because nobody complained about it. For those who were not here, the, the message was about not complaining. <laughs> I'm a really funny guy. But anyway, uh, there's, we, there's two things to be successful. I mean, I really believe that this has helped me in my life, and I believe this will help you in your life. And it's a continual thing, but two things to help you be successful in life. And last week we talked about it. No complaining. No complaining because complaining is really the old mind thinking, old mindset. You know, you have the same mind before you got born again. After you got born again, you have the same mind. But uh, so we have a tendency to complain. And uh, we talked about complaining how there's three areas of complaining that really is harmful. First of all, when you complain, it focuses on the problem. It focuses on the problem. The second thing is, is that it's harmful to your health. Complaining causes you to have a negative mindset. And uh, if you read that book by Carolyn Leaf, um, uh, Switch on the Brain, complaining and being negative actually turns switches off in your DNA and and can cause harm to your body. Complaining does that. Help us, Jesus. And the third thing that's harmful uh, or that it causes that's damaging to your relationships, complaining. You know, if you complain about your spouse, which I'm sure nobody here does, but if you have a friend that does, you can minister to them. And so if you complain about your spouse, first of all, it magnifies the little bitty problem that you're having to become a bigger problem. And then if you complain about your spouse to your circle of friends, it is magnified to the nth degree. So complaining is horrible. And then the, the it's kind of like a fourth one, but I didn't call it a fourth one. It's damaging to your career. Damaging to your career to complain, to complain. And uh, so they did a survey of the top CEOs in America, and they had one thing a common thread under them that the higher they went up, the less they complain. So that's really good. That'll help you in your career. The good news is we said this last week because, you know, I, I saw that in my life about complaining. And my wife saw that about that in my life. How that I would complain sometimes more than I even should, you know, normally, you know. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, you just complain. That's not true. There's not should be sometimes that you complain. But I would try to be disciplined. Okay, I'm going to really get a hold of this complaint. I'm going to try harder. And after the first 30 minutes, it, I would just fail again. That was a joke. I could go longer than 30 minutes. Good night. It's 45. But anyway, uh, but I would just keep struggling and complaining. Until I got a hold of Scripture and gave me some revelations. Philippians 2.13 says, not in my own strength, but it is God who's all the while effectually at work in me. And so I realized right then and there that God has given me grace on the inside not to complain. So it's not Mike just being more disciplined, trying harder. So now I started relying more. And so if I 
caught myself complaining. I go, you know, God, I believe that you have power inside of me to help me not complain. And the more I would do that, the less I would complain. And so last week we did this. We said that uh, we're going to give you a 30-day challenge. So since you're here today, the challenge is to you too. So this could be day one or this could be your seventh or eighth day. But I did say this. If like you start it tomorrow, if you want to get all of your complaining out, you can go to your bathroom and just complain. No, I'm kidding. But uh, if you want to start complaining, say like you go tomorrow and then you complain though tomorrow. That's not day one. You have to go to the next day. So we're talking 30 days. So in June... I will ask you, have you done your 30 days? No complaining. You know what's going to happen? You're going to be healthier, going to have a better attitude. Your spouse is going to look better. Four of you think so. The rest of you, you're just hoping you'll stay married by June. But anyway, and that, and that, that was a joke. That was a joke. A little. But anyway, you'll, you'll be better in your attitude with your relationships. And I believe you can get some promotions that you've been maybe believing God for. And some people get religious and think that, you know, the devil's really, you know, withholding this job promotion for me. And, and I'm just really trying. Or this guy in my office is just really holding. No, it's probably your mouth. And you're complaining that's held you down. So... God loves you so much, he's helping us. I'm so thankful that he gave me this revelation. It helps me. So now you get to get in on this deal. Because God, your father, wants you to be successful in every area of your life, in your relationships, in your health. I'm telling you, in your career. He wants you to be successful in your career, whatever you're doing. So no complaining for 30 days. <clears throat> no complaining for 30 days. That's the real you, by the way. The real person on the inside has the grace and the spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says this, that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So do you think Jesus is going around saying, man, this is a stinking day. I mean, it's, look at the overclass. Or you could go the other way. Man, this stinks. It hasn't rained in Pueblo since what, what year is this, man? I mean, it's, it's not rain. I mean, you just whine and complain. You whine about the, the, the weather. You complain about the traffic. You know, I always, when my mouth even is tempted to think about the traffic, I think about Denver, Colorado, and I think, thank you, Jesus. Pueblo's awesome. You just, people complain about anything that you complain about. Oh, man, look at that. I got something, I spilled something on my clothes, and it's just, just be thankful you got clothes. I'm thankful you got clothes. I'm real thankful. All right, no complaining. This is a great message. Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 3 and 4 says, as his divine power has given us all things. How many things? All. all things that pertain to life and to godliness through the knowledge of him 
who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given, have been. That means past tense. Is that right? I'm from Kentucky, so help me out on the English. Have been means past tense. All right. Have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in us in the world through lust. So basically he's saying is that we've already been given everything that you're going to need in this life. You've already got it. People are trying to get more joyful, trying to do this to get more peace and trying to get something where all along God has already given you what you're trying to get. He's already given you health. He's already given you the wealth that you need or what the wealth that you want. It's inside of you. But the problem, and I know this is a problem, it's been inside of us. Well, Pastor, I need it on the outside. How many would agree? I need it on the outside. And so the two things that's going to help us to get this manifested on the outside, what has already been given to us on the inside, one is not to complain because when you're complaining, man, it just keeps the door shut on the inside. But what opens the door, let me just do my magical drawing here. This is not me. I look better than that. Anyway, God has given us all things. This is it on the inside. The key to open this door to get it on the outside is to be thankful. This is really simple. But we, as a a church, not this church, but the church world, have made this very difficult. That's why when I talked about prayer, you know, people are begging God for things to happen. That's an insult to God, by the way. Of course, you can't insult him because he can't be offended. But I'm just saying, you know, why beg for God for something that he says you've already got it? So a lot of times we're keeping the door closed so it's not manifested. And the greatest way for that to happen is to be thankful. To be thankful. You cannot complain about your spouse if you start thinking about, man, you are an awesome cook. I'm telling you, you just do, you're so great with the kids, and you just start thinking that way and thanking them. And you, you know, you it'll stop you in your tracks when you say, Man, what'd you do to your hair? (laughs) Or putting on a few pounds, babe. That is like cussing. You might as well just say. First of all, you're probably not. Okay, we won't go there. You're just not smart if you say, ever say that about your wife. There could be a UFO coming against your head. An object. Anyway. But God wants you to know that what's on the inside needs to be manifested on the outside. And it's generally speaking, it's not the devil withholding stuff. We've, we've, we've given the devil credit a lot when he's not even the culprit. I mean, know that God is so much bigger than the devil. And we, we've just given him so much bigness in our life and so much bigness on this planet. I'm telling you, he's a little bitty devil. 
And God is really, really big. So we need to know that uh, we said this. It's either in Philippians 2, 12 or 2, 14. It's before the one that says uh, that God is energizing and helping you and working it uh, on the inside of you. Well, he says to work out your salvation. How salvation is on the inside. If you look up the word salvation, especially in the Hebrew, man, it's, it's like health. It's wealth. It's kindness and goodness, prosperity and success in every area of your life. That's what the word salvation means. That's a powerful word. But it's not just a word. God has put all of that on the inside of you and me. It's in us. So God is saying, be thankful for the things that you know that is on the inside of you. Be thankful for the things that are happening to your life. And that is working out your salvation. See, I used to think that, you know, to work out my salvation, I had to be holier. I had to do everything right. I had to make sure I read my Bible. I had to make sure I prayed. I had to do all kinds of religious stuff, and I'm working out my salvation. The problem with that is you're really thinking that you're working for your salvation. That's really different. You cannot work for your salvation. I said, you cannot work for your salvation. Amen. Jesus is the only way to get saved. You cannot work. You can't get good enough. You can't get holy enough. You can't make the hair in your, you may make a tight enough bun to be holy. I mean, it just doesn't work. You can tell I'm preaching to a different generation. That would have been very funny 20 years ago. But anyway, you can't do that. So we're not working for our salvation. We're working out what has already been given. Do you see a major difference in that? That has set you free. Because it's not me performing trying to get. It's me thanking because I've got it. It's not me performing to get. It's thanking because I've been given it. Woo, that's good stuff. Grace has been given to all of us on the inside. And the good news is when this starts being worked out, you become an advertisement for God. You want to know how, God, how good God is? Just watch my life. Just look at my life. It's not because of me. It's because of the greater one that is in me. So I have been given thanks. I've been given thanks because of all the good things. And, man, I'll tell you what I did. And I will say this. Praise and being thankful causes your stress level to just to subside in your life. It does. You can even ask Crystal and Sean. They're professional doctors. They know about stress. Stress causes sickness in your body. It causes sickness in your body. And so when you're thankful for it just causes your stress just to start subsiding. Because complaining magnifies it, thanking subsides it. So which one do you want to do? Which one do you want to do? So I started thinking about this. And a few weeks ago, I started a journal. I always used to think that, you know, that's what women should do. But a guy should never do that. You know, maybe it's because there's usually paisleys and flowers and that's what you say. I go, that's, that, I don't do that. But anyway, I started a journal and I started writing down things that I've been thankful for. And it gets exciting. I, I sit down for like 15, 20 minutes a day, and I go way back into my history, and I start thinking about stuff that God has done. 
I mean, there's been so many times where I shouldn't be here today. I mean, I, I could have been killed a lot of times. You know, I've hung on a cliff two or 300 feet up near with a, holding on to grass that's on, on the side of a, a cliff. Grass should not hold you up. Even if it's pot, it still should not hold you up. I just remember, and I, so I wrote that down. And then I remember, I forgot all about this. You know, it's kind of like father, like son. We went to San Isabel a couple years ago, and, and there was a, a cliff, and Jared was up at the top, Jared and Joe. And so uh, Melody told me to go get the boys. So I went out there to the side. Hey, Jared, Joe, it's time to eat. And so Jared starts to come down the cliff <laughs> this way. And so I'm sitting there living color right in front of me. He goes, punch, pound, 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 all the way down. It was like a ping pong, just going down and down and, and just hitting this and hitting that. And his feet sliding up and then he goes down all the way to the ground. His head bounces off the ground. And I've run across this, you know, it's about 100 feet. I've run across there and I thought, oh my goodness, is he dead? I mean, because it looked bad. I mean, bad. And then I looked at him, and there's blood everywhere. And I just, so I said, Jerry, let me pray for you. Don't move. Just let me pray for you. So I prayed, and he says, I'm fine, Dad. I am totally fine. And so I took him to his mother, and I said, fix him. Because <laughs> there's blood everywhere. I ain't touching him, you know. I, I walked away. I did. I said, fix him. I said, I'll be around. And so uh, I remember, and he, I mean, he had bandages on him and everything, but he was totally, no bones broken, no concussion. I mean, I wrote that down. I go, I remember that, God, that was you. Not only did you preserve his life, man, you, he didn't have a concussion. He didn't have any broken bones. I mean, just, you know, blood, but we cleaned it up. He's good. <laughs> I started, and I, things that happened decades ago. When I was in the Air Force, the Lord reminded me of this, and I forgot it. You will forget that's why people like to complain because they forget how good God has been to you. Do you remember the day that you got born again? You remember that day? That's a great, you should remember that. I remember that. I remember when I was in the Air Force that um, uh, my mom, she was kind of a worry wart, even though she loved God and she prayed for people. You know, she was, she lived at home alone and she had to uh, use a walker to get around. And, uh, but the phone rang off the hook every single day. Louise, can you pray for me? I need prayer. And so she would pray for people, and they would get healed, things, miraculous things. And people called her from all over the United States that knew her to pray. But she always worried about me. She always worried about me being, and she found out what I did in, in the military. So, and it's, she didn't totally understand it, but it scared her, which scared me too, but that's all right. But I, I remember one time she tells this story. We have Paul today. He's from, uh, he's, he's uh, an Air Force fly boy, so we're glad to have Paul. But um, uh, I just say basically what's on my mind. It's okay. You're all, everybody's still okay? Everybody's still okay? Okay. So anyway, my mom is at home by herself, and this is like 1978, so that's before you could press a button if you fall down. And she fell in her bedroom, and she couldn't get up. And so she couldn't get to the phone. She just yelled out, Jesus, can you send somebody to help pick me up? I need help to get up. She said it was about 30 minutes or so. A few minutes later, a stranger 
opens the front door and yells and says, is anybody here? And my mom starts screaming out, I'm back in the bedroom. Please come back and help me. So this man walks back to the bedroom, and my mom says, can you help me up? She's never met this man before in her life. He picks her up and helps her get back on a walker. They went back in the living room, and he sits down, and they begin to talk. And uh, so uh, there was a picture of me in my uniform on the TV, and the man says, oh, is that your son? She said, yes, you know, and she said, she, then she just lets it all out. Uh, you know, I'm so worried about you. And, she, and he just stopped her and said, man, I'm here to tell you, he will be fine no matter what's going on in his life. God has his hand on his life. And a peace came over my mom. And then so they talked a little bit. Well, if you know my you, she's in heaven today, but I'm an introvert compared to my mom. <laughs> That's how much she talked. I mean, it's like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, this guy's a total stranger, and she's not, it's okay. Most people today go, excuse me, who are you? What are you doing in here? My mom just says, it's so good to say, sit down. Sit down, let's talk. So the guys sit there, I don't know for how long, and they talked and talked. And finally, you know, he got it. it was in the middle of the winter. It was snowing, something crazy in Kentucky. It was Louisville, Kentucky. So the man left, and so he walked out, closed the door, and my mom got up on her, her uh, little walker, and she scoots to the front door to see, you know, if he's drove here or what. And she looks out. She has a front porch, you know, that was uncovered, and it had snow all over it, and there was no footsteps. Yeah, my mom probably when she got to heaven goes, you be the man, you're the man with the money, you give up my hand. <laughs> I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> I wrote that down. I wrote that down because I thought, God, you are so good. Yeah. It'll cause you to believe in miracles. It'll cause you to believe in the goodness of God. It'll cause you to stop complaining. It'll cause you to be thankful all of us, you could write, depending on how old you are, you could write down hundreds, maybe thousands of pages of what God has done for you. For the smallest thing, for, for you know, I, when we were in Africa last summer, my boys, you know, they were just whining just a little bit because they had to bucket carry water for us to have water in our house. And I said, excuse me, wait a minute. I said, mom and dad live like this every day. You can suck it up for a week. So guess what? When we got back to America, you thank God for running water. You thank God for heated running water. I mean, warm shower water. You take a cold bath and, I mean, if you're sleepy, that's good. I mean, it's, Ooh, okay, let's go. What do you want to do? Run a marathon? Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> but you need to be thankful. And there's everybody in this place has something to be thankful for. Yeah. If you drove a car today, you can be thankful. If you walked here today, be thanking God that you have two good, strong legs to walk. It causes things in your life to be smaller that you thought were so huge. If you got one broken finger, thank God for your nine great fingers that just function just right. Be thanking God. This is what you and I can do. It, we can reassure our heart. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 19, what do I mean by that? 1 John 3, 19 says, If we live like this, we shall know that we are children of the truth and can reassure ourselves in the sight of God, even if our own hearts make us feel guilty. God 
is infinitely greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Even if our own hearts make us feel guilty. You know, when you mess up, don't say it, but did you mess up this past week? Man, I mean, I bummed heads with Melody this week. I mean, it was, wasn't good. I did. She's downstairs, so I'm free to talk. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the next morning, though, when I woke up, I got my little journal out, and I started thanking God for everything. And everything that I was aggravated with the next day, it just like it drained completely out of me. And so when I saw her, you know, she, I get up real early, so when she came into the bedroom, I go, I just want you to know, I was totally wrong. I was totally wrong in that whole situation. That was 100% my fault. Okay, that was uh, like a great testimony. I claim that to being thankful. Instead of going, well, I'll tell you what, she did this. No, I got this out and I started journaling and just a piece of God came upon my heart and God says, yeah, you, you really need to fix that whole thing with Melody. I said, I can do that, God. I'll fix that. I'm a fixer because God is a fixer. You reassure your, your, your heart because after, you know, because in between that time and that, the time that I was going to fix it, I just felt guilty and my heart felt wrong. I felt like, man, I'm just, I'm not a very good husband. I'm not this. I'm just, I'm man, I'm man. And this scripture, you can reassure your heart even when your heart says you're guilty. Did you know God doesn't want you to feel guilty? I'm going to say it again because this is hard sometimes for people to swallow that were raised in church and thought it's good to feel condemned and guilty. That's wrong. God, are you ready? Never wants you to feel guilty or condemned. Well, Pastor, what if I do wrong? How many know that even in the world when somebody does wrong, you know, if a guy robs a bank, he doesn't know, you know, that was really wrong, you're robbing that bank. Oh, really? Oh, didn't know that. Thank you. No, people know when they do wrong. They don't need guilt put in their life to make them realize they've done wrong. Jesus came not only to save us and take us to heaven, he came so that you could be free 100% from shame, guilt, and condemnation every single minute of your life. Man, aren't you glad you came to church today? God doesn't want you to feel guilty, guilty, or shameful, shameful, or condemned, condemned any day of your life because of him. You look to him. You look to him. So you reassure your heart. How can you reassure your heart? By rehearsing your victories. And most of us have forgotten so many victories. They could be little or they could be monstrous victories. It's good to write them down. I've, I have forgotten. I started doing this. And I go, man, I forgot that. I forgot about that. You know, it was 20 years ago. I remember, oh, man, I forgot that. 
I forgot that. I remember my Chevelle. I was driving in a snowstorm in Kentucky doing something a 17-year-old shouldn't do. And all of a sudden, there was a wreck right in front of me. It was in the middle of the night. And so my headlights shined on it, and they were the first two, all two lanes were covered up. And so I was going to go to, I knew I couldn't stop, so I was shooting for the emergency lane. And I tell you what, so I went over there. And this is rear-wheel drive, Chevelle, no front-wheel drive. And so when I started turning to go in there, it just went sideways. And I went, ah! And I slid right between the pole and the bumper of that car, right through the emergency ring. Didn't And Lord, you guided that. I had no control. I had no control. It was so awesome. I forgot about that. I was 16 years old. It was a few years ago. Not that long ago, but it was a few years ago. You forget why rehearsing it, your memory is one of the most powerful things that you have. Your memory is one of the most powerful things you have. And God understood this. And the stories, you know, those awesome stories when they crossed the Red Sea, when they crossed the Jordan, and some, when that one time, both those times, they opened, God opened it up the sea, and they crossed on dry ground. Dry ground. That would be something you want to remember. God knew that. He says, all right, I want you, all the 12 tribes, I want you, everybody, get rocks. And in the middle of the sea, the river, I want you to build a monument. Why did he want, what a strange request. You know why? Because 10 years, 20 years later, you know, Susie and Johnny are walking with Mama down the riverside, and they go, Mama, what is that big old tower of rocks? Oh, that's when God opened up the Red Sea, and, or that's when God opened up the, the Jordan. That's when God did this. And, and so we went across on dry ground, and we put those rocks when it was totally dry, and we did that. God did that. What happens to those kids? They go, wow, God is awesome. God is awesome. Your memories will cause God to be magnified in your life, and it will cause God to be so good all the time because, man, you know he did this for you. He'll do that for you. You got to be. How many have been healed by God? You know, I mean, thank God for doctrine, but, but you know that you got healed because of God. Raise your hand. I just remember, I started writing down every time I, God got healed. I mean, God, I received healing from God. I remember when I was at FedEx and I was just starting to learn that God was a healer. You know, when I was growing up in church, we thought God was the sicker. I mean, he made you sicker by, you know, he just made you sick, you know. And so uh, you do something wrong, well, I'm sick. Well, God made me sick because I did something wrong. Is that terrible or what? That's horrible to think your heavenly father is that kind of, of a father. You sin, he'll make you sick. It's kind of, or, or if you didn't tithe, you know, he was like the godfather. He's going to break both your legs because he's getting his money. <laughs> he is getting his money from you. So he breaks your, both your legs. And so you should have paid $200. Now you've got to pay a $400 doctor bill. God's getting his money. Is that horrible? I was taught that and believed it. I believed that. So I tithe. I believe in giving today, by the way, just for a side note. I believe if you're generous, if you're a giver, it just, open, it just causes that to be manifest. You open up the door, and it causes things to be manifested if you're a giver. I'm just making sure you, people say, oh, good, I don't have to give. No, you don't have to give. You don't have to be rich and wealthy either, so that's just up to you. But anyway, my point is this. My point is this. It causes 
God to be magnified in your life. And all of us need to see God big. We need to see God big. Knowing God, knowing God. Psalms 104, it says, Enter in his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Romans 1.21, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They wouldn't even give him thanks, and they began to think up foolish ideas what God was like. In other words, foolish ideas what God was like. I believe that we're seeing this, and that's what the kind of church I was raised in. Thank God for the church I was raised in. They got me saved, and I'm on my way to heaven, even at age seven. But then after that, you know, I, there were some foolish ideas with what God was like. That he would break your, your legs and he would cause your hot water to go out and he could take your first child and, and because he needed, a, I got a card one time, well, God just needed a flower in heaven. Really? Really? And that's why, I'm, you know, somebody died in my life. Wow, the creator of all things needed a flower. That's stupid. With a capital S. This is it. You start thinking of foolish things about how your heavenly father is. Are you hearing me? One of the cures for that is to be thanking him. And it just causes you not to have stupid, foolish ideas about how God is. Are you hearing me? This is a good cure for that. It's a simple thing. And I, at first I thought it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to make myself do this. No. Don't take that idea. I just say, God, you know what? I'm going to do this, and I thank you that I have grace right here. Anything that you want to see on the outside, you need to thank him that you have grace on the inside to do it. I knew I needed to exercise or whatever, and I go, I just need to exercise. Have you ever just tried to be disciplined in your exercise? <laughs> Don't raise your hand, but did you make a New Year's resolution to say, I'm going to exercise this year? And January 2nd came. <laughs> it didn't take long. But anyway, January 2nd came. is right after January 1st. But my point is this. I, you know what I started doing? I started saying, you know what, God? I've got great. I, I would like to to start jogging and exercise. I thank you that you have given me grace to do that. I've jogged more in the last two weeks than I have in a pretty long time. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. I mean, if, if you're a track star, I mean, you, you, you're a track star. But my point is this. If we quit looking at the... the the, the strength of the flesh to accomplish what God has already done, life is sweeter. Life is a lot sweeter when I start discovering what is on the inside of me. What is on the inside of you? Second Peter 1.3, he says, everything's on the inside of you. Everything that you need for, for life and godliness has been placed on the inside of you. And there's even grace that comes with a package to help you manifest it on the outside. Everybody say, I got grace. I've got grace. <laughs> Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The cure for just uh, 
the complaining, the cure for being depressed, the cure for just being like, you don't know how bad I got. It's being thankful. And I'm telling you, don't just try to do this in your mind. I tried to do that. And you do it for like 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, I remember how I got that promotion at work. I just remember that. No, start journaling it. And when you start doing that, it's like a chain reaction. You start remembering stuff that you, oh, man. I, and then it's like, okay, I got to go be somewhere. I got to stop. I got to stop. You just become thankful. You just, and it gets bigger and bigger. And Psalms 35, 27, I'm going to give you two more scriptures. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Be what? Be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. It doesn't say the poverty of his servant. It says the prosperity of his servant. Psalm 69, 30, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Did you notice it says I will? David made a choice. I will do this. I'm going to do this. I am going to be thankful. One of my favorite ones is Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. Forget not. Why? He wants you to remember. What does he want you to remember? He says, don't you forget this. Obviously, it's possible to forget this because he says, forget not all his benefits. Who forgives you of all of your iniquities, your sins. He's forgiven you of every sin that you ever have, will, or in the future will commit. They're all forgiven. They're all forgiven. Not going to be, but they're forgiven right now. What you do tomorrow has been forgiven 2,000 years ago. But do you believe that? I believe it. I believe when I got upset with my wife, God says, you're you're covered, Mike. You're covered. I covered you 2,000 years ago. Do you believe that? It'll cause guilt to fall away to the wayside. Woo, that's how good my father is. He forgives you of all, and I stop. He forgives you of all of your iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases? He does that. Everybody say, he has done that. He does that. You know, God helps you. He wants to help you all the time. You know, in Kentucky, if we ever saw a turtle on a fence post, we knew it had help. Now, just get a picture. Some of you didn't catch that. If you see a turtle on top of a fence post and it's the arms just going crazy, you knew it had help. That's the way you and me are. That is the way Mike is. I have help all the time. The grace of God has helped me every day in my life. It helps me not to complain. It helps me to walk in health. It helps me to walk in prosperity. It helps me to have great attitude towards life in general. It's called grace. It's called grace. Everybody say grace. Grace. I've got it. Deuteronomy 28, 47, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies. There's people, that's Old Testament. But I'm telling you, even though that does not pertain to you and me, it still becomes a reality to people when they don't realize what God has done for them. And because they're not thanking God of what he's done for him, it causes you to live in a reality of defeat which you are not defeated. But it makes you think you're defeated. It makes you think you have been defeated because you don't know and are not thankful for what he has done. It's simple. Is this simple? You you can do this. Don't you think you can do this? 
you can just take a few minutes out of your day. If you're a morning person, take it in the morning. If you're a night person, you know, midnight. If you're a day person, anytime, just say, you know what? Today, I am going to just meditate and thank God, and I'm going to write it down. I challenge you to write it down, though. Because at first I didn't, I just, I was going to get on my computer and I made a calendar. I did all this elaborate stuff. And I thought, eh, just when I remember things, I'm just going to write it down there. And it lasted about a week. And then I forgot this day, skipped a day. Then another week, by, I skipped that day. That way I go, no, nope, I'm getting a book, a journal. But not a girly one, but I'm getting a journal. It's black for those who don't know. We're live on Facebook today. This is the first time. It's a black one. Zoom in on it. It's no girly, no flowers. Anyway, and so I, I, and I wrote in this thing, and I started writing this thing, and it's just got easier and easier and easier, and, you know, sometimes I would write two or three lines, and then other times, man, look at this. I, I mean, there's pages in here. It's, it's the whole page. I just got excited, and I just go, oh, yeah, and I remember this, and I remember that. You start remembering how good God is, and things start being manifested on the outside. You want healing to be manifested more in your life? Start thanking him. You want success in your career? Start thanking him. You want your spouse to treat you better? Start thanking him. Lord, I'm going to thank you the day that they start being nicer and start, no, you thank them right now. If you married them, there's something that you saw in them that you liked. It may have been 10 years ago, 10 days ago, 20, 30, 40, 50-something years ago. There's something that you think, I want to marry you. You can be thankful. It takes you to going back 10. Man, you start feeling up pain. You're going to, be, you're going to fall in love with your spouse all over again. Aren't you glad you came to church? Be thankful for your job. Be thankful for every, there's so many things. Be thankful. I mean, you know, we've been complaining. People have been complaining. Man, we need rain. We need rain, Pueblo. It doesn't rain. Well, it never rains in Pueblo. Well, first of all, we're in a semi-desert. Just, just know where you're at. Number two, but man, I'm thankful for I thank God for the sunshine. When I was a senior, a senior at high school in Louisville, Kentucky, March, we never had a sunny day for the whole month. It kind of did something to me because I still remember it. So I have a tendency to thank God for sunshine. I thank God for because people, I used to complain about the weather. I used to complain. But, you know, we just need to be thankful. Be thankful. It's an easy thing to do, and I'm telling you, it will bless your life and cause things to happen which you've been believing God for. You start doing this, and doors are going to start opening for you. Your health will get better. Your relationships will get better. Your success in your career is going to get better. I'm telling you, you start writing this down, I guarantee it. And I don't even sell suits. <laughs> Bless you. Anyway, let's stand. This is good stuff, I'm telling you. This is awesome stuff. Jesus said, you know, that people were shouting praise and thanksgiving, and the, the religious people says, hey, you need to tell these religious, I mean, you need to tell these people to calm down. He says, if they calm down, if it gets to the point that nobody's praising God, rocks will start crying out. 
Why? Because rocks evidently are thankful. <laughs> yeah. God created me to be a rock. I'm the best rock around. Thank you. I am a rock. God wants you to know that you are in Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are one with Jesus. As he is, 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are you in this life right now. Not when you get to heaven, you are like Jesus today. 1 John 4, 17, you are. So start thanking God that I walk like Jesus. I walk just like Jesus. I love just like Jesus. I'm healed just like Jesus. I'm prosperous just like Jesus. Jesus and me are one. And just start thanking God for that. I'm telling you, you're going to see things start manifesting on the outside. This is good, good stuff. Amen.